It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 183. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening. You're most welcome to taking care of business here on Midlands 103. Coming up on the show this evening, you'll meet the founders of CK Recovery Hub in Mullingar. It's an elite athletic recovery centre. So if you've heard anything lately about ice baths, about compression boots and all that, and all those things you should be doing if you are training or if you're like most of the crew here in Midlands 103, planning on taking up training and or maybe knee deep in training and also trying to overcome some of those injuries that we, we pick up along the way as we train for marathons or cycling events whatever it is anyway find out about that new business that's opened up in Mullingar very shortly and staying in Mullingar later on you're going to hear from Carol Glennon from Fagan's Toy Master in the town they recently picked up a major award in the UK and Ireland Toy Industry Awards it's a fabulous achievement for them and there's something about a toy shop isn't there it's throughout many generations it's remained that magical place and say people like myself who have young children see the magic that they get, get and see in a toy shop the very same as we used to do when we were their age as well it's probably one of the few things that remains kind of ever present and constant the magic of the toy shop with Fagan's though they've balanced that with a really cutting edge online shop as well so really looking forward to hearing more about that and, and maybe learning what toys are trending this year and what we should be looking out for in the rest of the year so lots to come on on that if you want to join the conversation this evening as always you can do so text or whatsapp is the most direct way to get me 083 30 10 103 get you right through to the studio text messaging system here or you can email business at midlands103.com but up first this evening we're going to go back and talk about that issue of warehoused tax and this of course has been kind of an ever present topic of conversation in business circles since the pandemic and since the end of the pandemic a quick reminder as to what the tax debt warehousing scheme was it allowed businesses to temporarily defer VAT and employer pay PA AYE, certain self-assessed income tax liabilities and temporary wage subsidy scheme and employment wage subsidy scheme overpayments on an interest-free basis for an extended period of time after which a 3% interest rate applied. Now all businesses that have availed of taxed debt warehousing of the scheme have until the 1st of May of this year to either pay their warehouse debt in full or engage meaningfully with revenue in respect of agreeing a personalised phased payment arrangement, a PPA. There's been some significant changes made to this and you'd know from this show and even from Midlands Today with Will Faulkner, many businesses and many business representative bodies, many sector representative bodies have been calling for quite a while for changes on this. There's probably more measures they're looking at too in terms of supporting many businesses, many of our local businesses who are feeling the challenges right now. We see this drawn out over the last number of weeks with the amount of closures of small businesses lots in hospitality some in that smaller retail sector as well so what measures are the government taking and I suppose and how far will this scheme go will it be the helping hand that many of these businesses need well I'm delighted to be joined now by Peter Burke he's a TD for Longford Westmead he's also a Minister of State with responsibility for EU Affairs and Defence uh, very good evening Peter Peter Good evening, Ronan, and to your listeners. Peter, can you take us through some of the measures that were brought in um, around the, the tax debt warehousing scheme? I can indeed. And just first to acknowledge uh, Fagan's Toy Store for the hugely prestigious award they achieved. They're a great family business operating in Mullingar. And as a dad, I know very well in terms of the value they provide to their toys, but also in business and uh, in politics, they have a huge uh, printing business and provide a first-class service. And also to 
CK Recovery, which is a new dynamic business as well. So it's good to see both of them uh, doing so well and achieving so highly. Just in relation to the warehousing, so essentially through the pandemic period, which was very difficult for businesses, the government took a strategy that it would incubate or put in life support all those businesses that were viable, but unfortunately that could not trade. And the key uh, strategy behind this was that when our economy opened up again, that we'd be able to take them out of life support, take out the jump leads and start them. And that's the strategy that we've tried to adhere to. And that caused really, I believe, our economy to take off like a rocket when the restrictions were released. And we saw the growth rates bear that out over the last uh, 18 months. But obviously, it's been a tough trading environment uh, subsequently. And a lot of debt due to taxes, due to PAYE employers, PSI and PAYE that's deducted from uh, employees and also VAT has been warehoused or put separately during that pandemic period. And uh, employees, employers had a, a, a horizon to pay that off. Um, and that has now been extended. But critically, uh, there was a 3% interest rate attached to that debt. And that has been brought down to zero. So now there is no interest on those tax liabilities that employers would have to pay and also that they can put it out to a service agreement whereby they can have five years to repay it, but they must enter into that agreement. And they'll also be able to apply for their tax clearance certificates if they're applying for every, any public funds, which is so important for businesses as well. And just also acknowledge, Roland, that anyone who has paid interest uh, already on any of that debt that would be refunded to them just to have uh, parity of esteem for taxpayers because it's important that if it's 0% now, anyone that has repaid it and may have uh, paid some interest on it, that that uh, interest will be refunded to them. So if we look at some of the numbers around that, it's estimated about 57,000 businesses owe over $1.7 billion in tax debt that was warehoused at this point as well. Do you think realistically, is, is all that going to be brought in or, or, you know, it's a huge number. And indeed, if they, I know that if you divide it out there, it's probably spread quite evenly across many businesses, but it's a big target and a big number to try and get back in. Is there a point where sometimes it's almost forgive and forget? I don't think so. And I know that's, uh, you know, always a temptation. I worked as a chartered accountant before um, entering into politics and, uh, you know, revenue debt is very, very difficult to repay. I absolutely appreciate that. Uh, but unfortunately, it's one of those core debts that even during a liquidation, should anything to go wrong, it gets preference. It's known as a preferential debt. And because of that is enshrined in law, it has to be repaid. Now, what I would say is that uh, drilling into the figures, 80% of that figure of that 1.7 billion uh, that you quoted is actually 5,000 or less. Um, in terms of the different taxpayers. So there's some who have very large amounts, but well in the main, there are smaller amounts, but they're very vital amounts in terms of trying to keep businesses, you know, obviously viable and to ensure that they can keep trading. So the revenue is going to work with businesses. The government strategy is very clear that we want to work with business because we've introduced another fund as well, which is the the increased cost of doing business fund, which um, any businesses that have a rates bill of up to €30,000 will refund 50% of it back to them up to a maximum of €5,000. And that's going to be paid in the first quarter of this year. And that's really to absorb or try and help businesses with the increased energy costs, with increased costs of doing business in terms of the minimum wage increase, and also obviously other supports for employees that were brought in like sick pay. So it's important that the government keeps supporting businesses through this very difficult period. 
you mentioned there how most businesses you know, they don't like paying revenue debt but it's a fact of life and you said it is one that is it's enshrined in law that has to be paid back to do you think then like I see a lot of kind of bodies like even the Vintners Federation saying that they welcome the measures brought in but that the changes will not help pubs across the country struggling with the cost of doing business similar kind of statements coming out from your know, representative bodies of hairdressers and, and those kind of smaller businesses too that are really much a huge and vibrant part of our local towns and villages who are still feeling that pinch as well. Is there a sense that, you know, the warehouse and the tax debt, they say, look, that's going to be there forever. We can push that aside. We need more assistance now in terms of of the actual operating costs that we're incurring now, particularly things like when it comes to the VAT rate. I mean, that conversation hasn't gone away and it's it's growing momentum as well. Like, is there any likelihood that the VAT rate could be reduced back to 9%? Well, first of all, I absolutely agree that we do need to stand by our businesses and we will as a government. I think we clearly demonstrated that through the pandemic period whereby, as I said earlier in the interview, that we really kept businesses viable, that we ensured that when they did come back out of that incubation period, for want of a better word, that we kick-started them and got them going again. And there was a number of you know, rates waivers and rebates at that particular point in time to assist them. And we will continue to assist. What the government has to do now is, obviously, it has a bottomless pit and it can't absorb businesses for all the costs of doing businesses. But what it wants to do is that it will monitor now over the first quarter how businesses are progressing with these increased costs because we're very clear, you know, a number of measures were brought in and there is a cumulative effect to that and some are continuing throughout the year. And I fully would be advocating and believe the government will act in the future if it sees that businesses are coming under additional significant pressure. You quite rightly point out about the VAT rate there. And I think there's a very strong argument in this country for separating the VAT rate out, whereby revenue could have the increased VAT rate for hotel bed spaces, but for essentially services like you mentioned, like hairdressers and restaurant and hospitality, um, that they would have a reduced rate of VAT. I would be and like to see something like that to assist that sector doing business because it is significant in terms of the cost. I absolutely appreciate that. And it's a sector that needs to be there because so many people come into our country, rely on those services uh, to ensure that we are really promoting our tourist industry and supporting businesses that are in the hospitality. So I think we have to think hard in terms of, as we progress through the year, monitor and act if we need to. In terms of subdividing a VAT rate or, or redistributing the way it goes, is that's, that's not quite a straightforward process, though, too. Is there any kind of actual legislative change that's needed there to bring that in? And could that then mean that if, if it was an option, it could be pushed down the tracks because it could just take time to, to put all the measures in place? Yeah, I don't think it would take time. Absolutely, it would require legislation because it's a different uh, rate you would be adhering to in terms of the VAT rate. I know revenue, to be fair, have resisted it a little bit, if I'm being honest, um, over the last um, 18 months because it was raised by a number of us before uh, the current budget uh, and they were concerned about the logistics of having uh, this rate. And obviously you have to ensure it complies with European law as well. But I think there is a willingness there to look at this again and it may be something... Uh, that can assist. But the government obviously, Ronan, has to evaluate you know, how we operate through the year because if you're judging the first quarter of the year, it's very difficult because normally, and our hospitality sector will be the first to tell you this, it's the hardest trading period. You know, you really try and make your money over the summer and the Christmas period, those bank holidays in the sun, to try and get in as much uh, 
resources as you can at that point in time. The first part of the year is normally very, very difficult and very challenging for businesses. So the government is in a very sticky position here trying to judge uh, in terms of what businesses are viable and what additional supports they could get uh, to ensure that they don't go below the waterline. But we will be monitoring that very closely and we have a report that's due uh, to hit the Taoiseach's desk shortly um, in conjunction with the Department of Social Protection, which is examining the increased cost of doing business, how it's impacting in terms of businesses and employees monitoring that throughout our economy. So that will tell a lot, uh, I would imagine. But as I said, Ronan, it's difficult to judge it at this part uh, of the year because it's a very early and a very difficult time for everyone. Absolutely. Well, I think, look, people will at, at largely have welcomed the measures anyway. At least it you know, gives people maybe a, a longer line of sight in terms of repaying that, that debt. As you've pointed out, of course, they are legally be ob- obliged to do so. But uh, thank you for that this evening. But I suppose before I let you go, Peter, um, undoubtedly you'd like to speak about your, your former party member and colleague, uh, John Bruton, who passed away earlier today. Absolutely, Ronan, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. And just to express uh, my sympathies to uh, his family, to Fanula, to his children, and obviously to Richard, who's a very good colleague with us in the Parliamentary Party. John is a very iconic figure. He was a statesman, true and true, and a man that really focused on attention to detail. And you could see that borne out by many of his comments uh, over a long period of time. I know when, uh, having worked uh, on uh, European affairs and working to try and get the Assembly back and running in Northern Ireland, uh, when the Windsor Framework was brought about, and we have what's known as the storm and break contained within the Windsor Framework, whereby two parties of the same side, so either unionists um, or uh, nationalists, can invoke a clause to put a pause uh, on European law coming in. And at that period in time, John was straight on to contact me to ask, how did this work? What's the details behind it? Um, Could one community have a veto? And he was really focused, you know, at a time when he's retired, where he still wanted to give so much back to public service. He's a a guy that really worked and worked uh, for free in many areas uh, right throughout public service uh, in his latter years. I think that really is the measure of someone who is enshrined in public service, who really wants to give so much uh, to our country, a real patriot and a true gentleman. I can remember when he was elected Taoiseach, I was in about second year I'd say maybe third year in secondary school at the time because uh, a son of Molly Buckley a, a local councillor here in Offaly was in our class and he was absolutely thrilled that uh, you know a, a fine Gale man had been elected Taoiseach so I'm going to hazard a guess you probably weren't any you weren't any older than me at that point as well but yet you've had a you've had such a close relationship with him and he even launched your first uh, campaign for the Dáil in 2011 Absolutely, yeah. When he was Taoiseach, uh, I would have been uh, in about sixth class in primary school. So I do remember it um, uh, quite well. But absolutely, back in 2011, when I ran for the Dáil first, uh, he was um, very willing to come down and help and indeed did launch a campaign. And actually, which he really loved, and you wouldn't think it, uh, he wants to go canvassing. So we picked uh, a few estates in Mullingar at random and we went out canvassing. I never forget that a very wintry, wet uh, evening. We're all dressed up in our... Uh, rain gear and he really enjoyed canvassing go door to door and it's amazing when you knock uh, at the door of a housing estate and you have the former Taoiseach standing beside you the welcome he got was incredible and he had a very warm place I think in people's hearts because whether they agreed or disagreed with him on so many fundamental issues they knew that he was a man of exceptional integrity very honest individual and really wanted to give the country as much as he could from his intellect, uh, from his service. And he, he just really did that. He just really epitomises public service. And, you know, that's what we need in politics. And I would even say, who is not retired yet, uh, obviously his brother, brother Richard, 
you know, when he um, stepped back from being a minister, you'd see some people, you know, going into the back benches, giving out and throwing stones. You know, Richard took over chairperson of the Parliamentary Party, set up policy labs for Senegal, working again in public service. And just a family that's incredible how much they want to give to the state. Peter Burke, thank you so much for that this evening. Thank you, Ronan. Uh, Peter Burke there is a TD for Longford West Mead and of course he's a Minister, minister of State too. And uh, again, speaking there predominantly about the changes in the, the tax debt warehousing scheme. Let me know what you think with your business. Is it a is it a nice gesture? Does it actually help you? Does it give you some sense of stability for the years ahead? Is there more that needs to be done? If so, what is that? 083 103 text and WhatsApp number. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Still to come this evening, you'll hear from the manager of Fagan's Toy Master Mullingar. They recently picked up a major award in the UK and Ireland Toy Industry Awards. Fascinating family business, great story. So looking forward to hearing all about that very, very shortly. Before that though, I'm going to stick in Mullingar this evening and we're going to go to Ford Church Avenue in Mullingar. And uh, have, are you a person or somebody who has really got in on this ice bath trend? They seem to be everywhere lately. Like every, every look on social media, somebody seems to have this home ice bath and people seem to be really engaging in them. But this is a trend I noticed had, had really developed a couple of years ago where actually facilities were beginning to open up, particularly aimed, specifically aimed at recovery for high-performance athletes and for you know, GAA teams, rugby teams, all sorts of sporting teams and, and gym goers, etc. So there must be some merit in it and there must be some amount of value in it. Well, the a, a latest facility that's opened up is CK Recovery Hub in Mullingar and I'd like to be joined now by Leroy Casserly. And Leroy is co-founder along with David Kelly of CK Re- Recovery Hub. Uh, very good evening, uh, Leroy. Hi, Ronan. How are you? Uh, thanks for having us on. No, I suppose I've been fascinated by this too. There seems to be, you know, there's been such an uptake over the last couple of years in particular of people taking up new sporting endeavours, of maybe training extra hard to, 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 you know, targeted at certain events and stuff like that. And people's awareness around the importance of recovery seems to be gaining and gaining year on year as well. Take us through, I suppose, in principle, like what the whole recovery, what the whole kind of theme, theme behind it is and, and the services that you offer there in CK Recovery Hub. Yeah, I will do surely. And look, thanks for having us on and letting us, giving us the opportunity to come on to taking care of business and promote our business through this forum. Um, we're delighted. Uh, we're two lads, <clears throat> uh, myself, Leroy Castley, and David Kelly. We're both from Multi Farnham County, West Mead. Uh, we would have played football, hurling, rugby, soccer, and more importantly, ran for West Mead uh, in Mosney. Important fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you could say that we're uh, both sports enthusiasts with a background coaching and playing various different sports at Westmead. And I guess the idea came a few years ago when we were both still playing, probably at the latter end of our careers, picking up needles, jumping into lakes and rivers, trying to recover. And we would have seen, like yourselves, different, various different spots open up through the country. So we felt it was something that was needed in the Midlands. And the idea came about probably uh, 2022. We started kind of compiling our uh, business plan then. And I suppose the hardest part of it all was to probably find a location and someone to take a punt on us in this niche service, um, which probably falls in line with our vision, was, which was to establish a recovery hub in the heart of Midlands and for it to be a top tier premier service. If, um, if we look at that, recovery in particular, what, what does it actually do and, and why is it gaining such popularity with athletes? Yeah, so I mean, if you start off with our services, we offer uh, compression boots, which were initially developed to treat circ- circulatory disorders. 
by improving blood flow. Uh, you see 95% of teams use them in the US and you would have seen more recently Kerry using them in their championship games. So the benefits of compression boots are improved circulation, faster recovery times, um, reduce muscle soreness and then in our place we've got leather chairs and a real kind of nice ambience of relaxation so you're sitting back in a relaxed uh, state uh, you know more or less getting a massage um, so with that's with the compression boots you know the next phase of our um, <clears throat> therapy is our uh, contrast therapy where you hop into the cold and the hot so we've got you know two cold plungers there one is stationed at eight one is stationed at four degrees um, and the benefits of the cold water are reduced inflammation, improved circulation again, boosted immune response, increased alertness, and then just overall mood enhancement, which are released endorphins. And you probably would have seen more recently, as you were saying there, the likes of Rory's stories and more social media people out. Um, it activates brown fat, and that's the tissue that helps keep the body warm and helps uh, blood sugar and insulin levels. And it once you hop into the cold water, it uh, increases that uh, burning of calories. So that's what you were just talking about there. Um, so you you do two minutes in that, and then you'd hop into our jacuzzi, which is a client favourite. Um, it's 40 degrees. It's got 78 power jets. And, uh, you know, um, jacuzzis are a, an overall stress reliever, muscle, muscle relaxation, and it reduces joint stiff. But what it's doing is... is contrast therapy so the cold water restricting your your blood vessels <clears throat> all your blood is flowing to your um, main organs and then when you hop into the hot water there's actually a bit of a sting but after that it's very nice and it's opening up your vessels again so what it's doing is it's flushing out all the bad cells um any lactic acid is built up in the body and it's flushing it back out into your cardiovascular system and creating that oxygen in your blood so you're getting an overall kind of Real relaxation, real recovery, and everything is kind of working in, in situ with the cold and the hot. And what are the recommendations around the frequency? Is it after every kind of hard training session, or do you schedule in kind of once a week, once a month? What's a typical rotation for somebody who is training? Yeah, for someone who is training, you're, you're looking at the day before or the day after. Um, so the cold water helps the recovery um, as you go into the training session, but also after where you've got little tears in your muscle and that kind of thing so the day after is um is a good time to do it or even the day before so it's kind of opening up and flushing out any badness so day before day after is usually a good time or you know three or four hours after is also a good time as well when it came to looking at the business and bringing that business plan into life then you to go and secure the premises was there a big investment then in terms of trying to find the equipment that you need and and, and getting the place kitted out the way you wanted yeah, there was in fairness. Now, we've done an awful lot of research. Um, we teamed up with a, a crowd in Kildare, C11 Recovery. They're at the top of their game. They were our main distributor. They gave us our hanky ice bats, our jacuzzi, and our, our compression boots. Um, they were actually over in Dubai at the Golf Open. And, you know, there is a huge investment that goes into something like this. And, uh, you know, we have backing off silent investors too. So we've been uh, blessed in that regard, yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good healthy start to go from. Well, what's your plan then? Do you see the services expanding there? Do you see being you know, more facilities opening up around the town or around the Midlands? Yeah, so I guess our our main plan is just to maintain, uh, you know, our premier service, the, the top end services um, that we're offering at the moment. And you know, at the moment we're taking in twenty four people, so we 
already signed up a few teams, but with that, we know the income is there, so we're able to, by hopefully by summer, be able to expand to 32 um, by adding on. And you know, we've got a meeting room upstairs, which is the same size as the recovery room, and we've also got a place out the back, which is you know a fair size as well. So we do have room for expansion there. Um, it is in the plan, but it all all come down to all the people that are using it, I suppose. Sounds like you're off to a good start as well. I think there's a gang of people here in the station. I'm, I'm kind of in the group as well in terms of their training for half marathons and marathons as well. I think a good few of them could do with a dip in the in the plunge baths and maybe don't those comp- compression boots. We'll have to send them over to you someday just to see if you just sort them out for us as well. But uh, I suppose before I let you go, Leroy, just let, remind people how they can find out more about you and you can go and, and book, a, book a slot if they need to. Yeah, no hassle. Um, actually, Peter Dunn is joining us on Sunday morning uh, or Sunday afternoon at half three. I know he's training for a marathon, so all the best to him there on the radio show. I'm looking forward to having him. Uh, people can find us on Facebook, TikTok. Our website is ckrecovery.com, and we're on Instagram as well. And look, just to finish off, we want to, myself and David, want to thank everyone who helped us get the place up and running, especially our fathers who are in there with us every night, Edo Price. And the people who invested in us and uh, also all our family and then just the overwhelming support we've got from the public friends and the GA, the soccer, rugby and rugby clubs nearby so and Fagans who are coming on next stage a bit of our content so thanks a million to everyone that, who has helped us out or done anything for us not at all it's a great story and, and it's always hard to get away the, the help from family as well at the start is always um, always essential and, and helps great things as well but look it sounds fantastic yeah. look, and anybody can check you out there on, on the websites on social medias all the very best and just the very best of luck with Peter Dunn on Sunday he's a piece of work now in fairness <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks Leroy Leroy Castley there is the co-founder of CK Recovery Hub in Mullingar along with David Kelly Uh, time for a quick break as he mentioned their Fagan Toys they'll be on next to talk about their business a toy shop in Mullingar Um, they have a brilliant online presence too so good in fact is is the work they do that they picked up a major UK and Ireland award recently for their shop so find out all about that in just a couple of moments Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business before I got in touch with my next guest, um, something came to mind and I was thinking about toy shops and it struck me straight away that a toy shop is one of the few places and one of the few things that held lots of magic for me when I was a kid and holds as much magic now for my own kids as it did for me back then. It's probably one of the few things that we can still pass on. We're not at the stage where we're saying, oh, back when we were younger, there was such a thing as a big shop where to put all the toys. It's not all online shopping now. And often those toy shops are just, you know, they're a lovely focal point or a social point as well for our towns and villages too and still brings great joy. And maybe I enjoy it more than I, than I let on as well. But one local toy shop that has been really achieving great things and was really, really awarded for it lately is Fagan's Toy Master in Mullingar. I'm glad to be joined now by the shop manager, Carol Glennon. A very good evening, Carol. How are you doing? Carol, am I right in saying that? Toy shops, they still hold as much magic for, for kids now as they did for people like myself when I was a child. I think so anyway. Um, like It's known around Mullingar, Fagans is known as the big yellow shop and kids can't be, if they're brought into town, be it McDonald's, it's always a trip to the yellow shop as well alongside it. 
Absolutely, yeah, because there's just something about it getting in, seeing what's there, seeing what they're interested in and maybe seeing what they think they're interested in and then they realise when they look at it or play with it for a while that actually it's something else they want and all. But uh, Fagans has been around for, for quite a while. He's a family business too. Um, most recently though, you've picked up like some major industry recognition in the UK and Ireland Toy Industry Awards. Tell us about the awards you picked up. So what we won was um, Independent Toy Shop of the Year for 2023. So that would be anyone that owns one single store within the whole of the UK and Ireland. So we got down to the final three, but we um, found out in the night of the awards that we had won. Fantastic. Had you to travel for the awards? Yeah, well, so we travel anyway every January to London Toy Fair, um, and the awards are held during that so that everyone can attend. Um, we were in the hotel that night and... Um, Sorry, no, I'm confused. Yeah, we uh, found out that night at the event that we'd won. Fantastic. When it comes to entering an award at that end, do you, do you put in the application yourselves or do the kind of Time Master brand actually nominate and select stores that, that, that go forward for the prizes? From what I'm aware, it's, um, you have to get nominated by somebody involved in the industry. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but I think it has to be either a rep or one of the suppliers that nominates you. So we're actually not even sure at this stage who nominated us. But the one thing you do know is that you actually picked up the award and, and you have it there as well. But I suppose for yourselves, um, the digital side of things, the online shop has been a huge part of your success. When did you first begin to consider looking at online shopping for toys and, and how did you go about developing that offering? So we've only developed our web in the last two years so that you could actually purchase online. We obviously had social media and that before, but um, I would say in the last year we've a uh, new girl on board, Sophie. She's been amazing and our web has just gone through the roof. And that's the kind of typical, you can go online, place an order, are you then packaging and sending them from, from the base in Mullingar? So, yeah, so once you spend €50, Euro, it's... Um, it's free delivery. If you if it's under fifty euro, there's a charge. But usually, now to be honest, uh, most purchases are over that now for online shopping. You can also though there's a click and collect option, so you can pay prepay and then guarantee your items held. You can collect it in store, or you can also ring and reserve, and we can hold items for you. If you were to kind of pitch a number at it in terms of the division between say face to face sales and online sales, kind of where, where would you pitch it? Is it fifty fifty, or is it heavily weighted on one side? Oh, no, no. In-store would certainly be a lot higher at the moment. It'd be a very small portion, but still, it's growing all the time. And that's obviously a presence then that you're, you're absolutely going to maintain, maintain that, that yellow shop and keep that name out there too. Being a, being a store on High Street in a, in a town in the Midlands, how have the last couple of years been for you? Because I know most businesses are, are, are highlighting and indicating that you know, it has been a challenge with rising costs. Are you finding the same with Fagan's Time Master? Um, it was. You could definitely notice we had to work a lot harder to keep things going at the same level. But it was the work we were willing to do. Um, it was, remember the time with the freight and all that went crazy. Prices did go up and it was hard to try and relay that to the customers why, why it was happening. But to be honest, it's all positive this year. A lot of prices are going down. So hopefully that's going to reflecting our prices. Yeah, there's not too many people have come on lately and mentioned that prices could be going down too. Of course, there's a bit more disruption again lately You're in around the kind of Middle East there. There was question marks about supply lines. You're not seeing any negative effect yet? No, not as of yet. Um, like I said, we were at London Toy Fair and we met with a lot of our suppliers there and everything's positive. It's all lots of price decreases, which is rare to see, but we were all for it. 
And in terms of managing your own store then, you know, had you to try and, and work at sort of maybe offsetting some of the costs of, of rising costs of doing business over the last year or two? Like what kind of measures did you look at doing in, in, in order to, I suppose, keep, keep in business and keep things going? Yeah, um, it didn't get too severe in that sense, but we did have to, we were thinking if, if it continued on as it was, there would have to be measures taken. But fortunately enough, it did improve and it didn't affect in general too much. So give us the big scoop anyway. When you're over in London there at the Tried the, the, the Toy uh, Trade Show, the Trade Fair, um, surely you're seeing what's going to be hot and what people are going to looking for over the next year. What's what's coming down the tracks? What should all the parents have their eyes open for and be listening out for? Yeah, so we start like in Smith's Mad in January. We're there and we're looking at what people are saying is going to be the big toys for Christmas this year. So like January and you're thinking of December already, but. Yeah, lots of um, tech-based toys, similar to, you know, the Furby that came back last year. Um, Disney Stitch has been a huge brand, and there's a lot of interactive stitches and um, lots of Disney product in general. But to be honest, I was most impressed by probably Lego. It's yeah. been what I see as some of the best stuff I've seen. Yeah, they're really, they're upping their game year and year. I know in our house we had to put yeah. a bit of a ban on Lego because we have that much of it. And even the other day, yeah. going around the toy shop, there was a question, can we get more Lego? Now, I had to say no. But then you see what's coming out and you kind of go, wow, yeah. it is it is pretty cool. Can you tell us, a yeah. so- what's a soccer bot? Oh, the soccer bot, um, soccer bot is, so uh, imagine a robot but it works alongside a football. So the soccer bot is one we had a big hit with this year. We had a... TikTok there, we got roped into security guard. Gary plays a bit of football there for Kinnegad. So we knew he'd be the right man to to demo it for us. Um, you have a little area and your robot, your robot is going to chase the football. So you have to use your skills to keep the ball away from the robot. If the robot catches the ball, you lose a point. So it's as simple as that, but um, great idea and nothing like it on the market. So um, we... I think we have close on 5 million views on TikTok on wow. that. Wow, wow. I think that was recognised too, wasn't in the award. Like they, they, they realised the work that was put into creating those kind of um, really catchy and, and edgy social media pieces that, that caught people's attention yeah. and that. So um, are you noticing that actually that they creating that online awareness of the shop and the offerings that you have, it, it, is it making a difference and, and translating into act, new customers? For sure, like um, we could have sold thousands of it if we had it. We were lucky enough because of the video, we had built a good relationship with the suppliers of that product and we had plenty of it when other places didn't, but still it wasn't half enough. We had we had to take it off the web because um, the aim was for the last few to keep, to keep them local. We didn't want them going down the country. We wanted to look after our local customers. But yeah, we had a guy call from, I think it was... California. He rang one day. He's like, I've seen your soccer bot video. Where are you guys based? <laughs> From California. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't tempted to throw a massive courier charge on it and sell it to me. You wanted <laughs> no. to keep it local. Yeah. It goes to show you yeah. the, the power of what can be done online and remind you of some of those movies from years ago. I think there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger one where he basically goes to battle nearly to find some robot that his, his son wanted for Christmas. But uh, fair play to you for, yeah. for keeping it local. And I guess, look, it has been a message throughout the show again this evening is the, the, the importance and the power of having these local businesses and that. Well, look, from all of us here at Midlands 103 and from everybody listening as well, congratulations to you all and Fagan's Time Master. It's a huge accolade, uh, richly deserved. And uh, here's to your continued success in the Yellow Shop.
Thank you very much. Not at all, Carol. An absolute pleasure. Carol Glennon there is a shop manager at Fagan's Toy Master in Mullingar, the award-winning Fagan's Toy Master. So well done to everybody there. Time now for me to take a quick break. After that, we're going to get some reaction to the changes in the, in the debt, the tax debt warehousing um, from different, different bodies, different groups. And also we'll have a quick look again at some of the recruitment and job search trends for the year ahead. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on local enterprise and let's talk business. At the top of the show, Peter Burke, TD for Lancre Westmead and Minister of State with responsibility for EU affairs and defence at the Department of the Taoiseach and the Department of Foreign Affairs was here to talk about the changes to the tax debt warehousing scheme that was brought in yesterday. Largely welcomed across most sectors but subtle hints or very subtle hints amongst a lot of people that it doesn't quite go far enough or indeed it kind of maybe parks that bus for a while but there's other things like the VAT rate that need to be addressed as well like I referred to a statement from Vintners Federation of Ireland and um, it was put out on LinkedIn there recently I think there was an article in the business post today too where they welcomed the, the new arrangements but they reckon that the changes will not have help pubs across the country struggling with the cost of doing business. These are kind of sentiments that are reflected to by the likes of some hairdressers representative groups as well because hairdressers want the government to introduce a range of measures to help their businesses survive. They've renewed calls to cut the VAT rate from 13.5% to 9%. They also believe there should be a reduction in the level of employers' PRSI. The Irish Hairdressers Federation is welcoming the reduction to 0% on the tax warehousing debt, which is due to be paid to revenue. However, President of the IHF, Lisa Eccles, says they should be given 10 years to repay tax deferred from the COVID pandemic. At the moment, it's up to five years, so 60 months. But I think some salons could be looking at repayments of between 50 and 100,000. So for those kind of levels of repayments, it just doesn't make business very viable to be trying to make those repayments. Mm. The IHF also wants an extension to the period of time business of the period of tax under the scheme, but also wants increasing supports for hiring trainees and the shadow economy tackled. Again, President Lisa Eccles says a range of measures are needed to support their sector. So definitely then the VAT being returned to 9%. And then I think extra incentives there for employers. So whether they could reduce the employer's PRSI that we make as a contribution. My industry, because we're tied in with the likes of hospitality, with the restaurants, we're very similar businesses in that we're very late intensive. We need staff working to be able to make our businesses operate. So I suppose the big question coming out of all that is at what point will there be a change to the VAT rate? Will it make any difference to and Mr Peter Burke seems to suggest earlier that it could happen and it could happen quicker than we may expect because I'd seem to recall last year and even the year before discussions around it and people saying that no it can't be changed that easily you can't just suddenly change a VAT rate there's a lot of implications from an EU perspective as well but uh, we seem to have softened our stance on that so let's watch that space and see what happens. If you are in business and never mind all the challenge you could be facing but maybe you're trying to hire people too you want to get your head around well what are the big changes what's happening when it comes to hiring and firing people and what is trending in 2024 for recruitment and job searches well a few weeks back I was joined by Yasmin Al-Kirshi the marketing manager at All Pro Recruitment and Yasmin spoke about things like the an older generation a huge workforce who have maybe recently retired and got a skill set that can easily lend itself back to your business we also spoke about kind of current trends around pay rises Yasmin said not to expect pay rises they may not be a given this year but in further parts of the conversation we move towards talking about things like automation in the workplace and how to leverage artificial intelligence to update your CV and job application. 
a lot of people who might be at, the, at that later stage of their career, even people who only started working 10, 15 years ago, are probably noticing a huge amount of automation happening now. And of course, over 2023, chat GPT and, and generative AI was everywhere. How is artificial yeah. intelligence playing a positive role within, within work? Well, there's a couple of things because like we know it's the future, but we're and we have ChatGPT and we have lots of different things, but we're probably not there yet in terms of replacing jobs or in terms of complete automation in workplaces. And we can see that businesses are popping up left, right and centre and, you know, telling us that they use AI to do X, Y and Z, you know, it's going to make this part of your job so much quicker. But actually, so we're still kind of at the start of that evolution. Now it's coming. And if you want to be like a key person in your organisation, the more you know about AI and the more you're riding that wave, the better for you, I would say. But like another thing is you can use it to help you look for a job. You can ask ChatGPT to rewrite your CV. Or you can pop in the last um, the job description and get it to um, rewrite your CV for that job description, write your cover letter, you know. There's even um, stuff online. I must actually repost, but I have, um, there's a stuff, I think it's from Google, but you can practice um, in interview questions. So it'll ask you interview questions and it'll tell, it'll be able to give you feedback from the tone of your voice, from how fast, how long, <laughs> everything like that. So there's a lot of help out there. That's right. And that could actually be equally useful then if you were filling in an actual application form to, to road test your own questions and, and get it. Because, yeah, it's like all all tools. I mean, a calculator was a fantastic invention, but if you punch the wrong numbers in or the wrong formula, it's going to give you an outrageously yeah. wrong answer. And I think AI would be the same. I think that's such a great point, Ronan, because if you're using ChatGPT, anybody like I work in marketing, so I use ChatGPT all the time. If you're using AI, you have to rewrite it yourself. It sounds so... American or I don't know they use awesome a lot let's just put it like that yeah. you know so it's definitely it's brilliant as a starting point but you're probably going to need to look yeah, over and I don't look think at, you're finished. I, I, what I found a, a huge use for that type of thing is if you get quite a, say a long article or even a newspaper article and you just point it and ask it for a concise summary it's given you enough of an overview to say right yep that's of interest you know yeah. you can match keywords and it's a it's really it's just you're increasing your own efficiencies when you apply it correctly yeah, yeah. and I'm probably only scratching the surface of that there and too. If you use that exact example you can also put in a job description and ask it what interview questions are you likely to get interesting or and, yeah. do you need to ask if you're the employer you know? yeah that's fantastic again yeah. because I suppose that's a key point that as an employer you might be looking at how that might be used you can probably guarantee that a lot of job seekers now are using that to not just look at what questions may be asked but really to research your company and you actually indicated to me earlier that it's it's could become more likely that the interviewee will actually want to interview the hiring company and in a slight role reversal. Yeah. Are we losing our minds altogether here? No, we're not, actually. And I think this has been on the cards for a long time it, because we have to think about it. And I think for employers, you need to be very open to this. There's a job shortage. We know that the talent pool is getting smaller, not bigger. Um, so like people are being choosy and in the same way that uh, companies are going to take longer deciding who they want to have in their staff company or people are individual people are not going to jump from one company to the next company without knowing a little bit about you and understanding that I think gone are the day of people just walking into a toxic workplace and just sitting there and working 24 hours a day you know 
God, I remember some jobs where people were shouting at me every day and I still went in for years. Oh, I went in, you know, I, I think I'd those days are gone. Many of us listening have had the same experience too. <laughs> and I have heard some absolute humdingers of stories over the years. And I think of, particularly it's important to say like generation like ex- uh, generations, the, none of these new generations are going to put up with us. Yeah, they'll be know? gone too. They'll and, be gone straight away. That's Yasmin Al-Kershi, their marketing manager at All Pro Recruitment and talking about more of those trends in recruitment and job searching that you can expect in 2024. And an interesting piece around the AI again. Yes, you can use it and it's there. It's a very, very powerful tool. But just be careful because when it comes to anything like that, you know, and, and really you're dealing with data here, the, the phrase of junk in, junk out um, comes to the fore as well. If what you put in isn't great, the stuff you get out the other end won't be right either. Now, actually, I remember a few weeks ago, the kids were trying to put together questions for a quiz in school. So we asked ChatGPT to come up with eight questions about the Irish presidency. And uh, two of the questions were wrong. I mean, their answers were just wrong and we could spot it straight away. So again, just be careful what you what it generates for you. But as Yasmin says, it can be a fascinating tool. It can really uh, enhance and speed up work processes. But um, also, if you hear somebody using the word awesome a lot in their communications, or maybe a radio presenter here using the word awesome a lot, maybe ChatGPT have written their scripts. Who knows? Um, I doubt that's happening anyway. But um, no, time for me now to wrap up for this evening. Just a quick uh, bring your attention there to the Irish Independence Day in the business section. It's uh, talking about the gender pay gap in 2023. It was based on analysis of 580 pay gap reports filed by Irish-based companies. The pay gap is the average or mean difference between male and female hourly pay. And it breaks it down kind of sector by sector. Construction comes out top at actually 22% is the reported gender pay gap there. Followed by finance and insurance at 20.6%. Admin and support services 16.5%. Coming down there to the bottom of that list, um, with the lowest gaps, things like manufacturing, mining and quarrying, 8.1%. Interesting how quarrying is at 8.1%, yet construction in general is at 22%. Public sector is as low as 2.6%. Charity organisations around 2%. But it goes to show you that there still is a significant gap across many organisations. Transport and storage, there are 13.1%. Accommodation, food, 96 Education, 94 That's all featured in today's Irish Independence. Um, other than that, time for me to just wrap up and say a massive thank you to all tonight's guests to Carol Glennon from Fagan's Time Master Mullingar to uh, Leroy Casserly from CK Recovery Hub also in Mullingar and to Minister Peter Burke who spoke to us earlier about changes to the tax debt warehousing scheme hopefully it will begin to give businesses some level of support and a little bit of stability that they might need but the override message needs to be more needs to be done as well so um, say watch that space around the VAT rate for the hospitality sector there may be changes coming there of course for other sectors too like hairdressing and that but um, undoubtedly change is coming there hopefully because keep those very small businesses on our high streets on our main streets in our towns and villages keep them open keep them trading keep our communities alive that's it for me Joe Cooney will be here after News at 8 with Country Roads I'll talk to you all soon Taking care of business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.